We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. to have you here. Thanks so much for coming on by. We got an awful lot to get into this afternoon. There's a saying in sports talk radio, Ray. Give me a contender or give me a bum. Really can't work much with with 500 500 teams or you know, you're stuck. There's not much to be excited about. There's not much to be very mad about. You actually care less because you start caring about other things. It gets multiplied. Obviously, when it comes to the Giants this year, I have my first baseball wish list as we go over our first kind of rule changes for Major League Baseball, because we have a pretty good chunk of them to get into today, along with Tim Kirkjian, who's going to be joining us in our second hour this afternoon. Ray, here's what I want. I want the Giants to be hair on fire, surprising, one of the best teams in all of baseball, or I want the whole thing to be an absolute epic failure and a catastrophe no more mr nice guy from this show i want good or i want really bad and i know that you'll join me in in both directions for sure turn your mic on you glorious start to the show you um they're not going to give you that just get used to it they're not terrible enough to be awful i know but they're not good enough to be great in fact most of the projections like from the uh, from the, the metric brigade is that they're going to win like between 88, 85 and 88 games and have the 7th best record in a league that accepts 6 teams in the playoffs so they'll be on the fringe but not in it torture yeah, well, torture once again it's not torture as much as it is um, just a drop of water on the forehead every day ah Slow torture. Slow torture. Speaking Just, of which, there's Nick Ferdell. Oh, there's our pal Nick Ferdell. He is, uh, I wonder how long it takes for ESPN to say, you know, there's really nothing left to cover in Brooklyn. So let's just, let's just send you to Phoenix. Let's get Nick Ferdell a tan. <laughs> Fat chance of that. He does. No, he, he won't get a tan, but he's, he's, he's now Phoenix's problem. I think he'd much rather be in Phoenix, to be honest. Uh, he did say that. Yeah. Um, anyways, there is our friend Nick Ferdell. I can tell you this, that there are uh, three games left tonight. We got Bucks and Bulls on TNT, followed by Clippers and Suns. Um, Kevin Durant 
made his, you know, I don't want to say debut, but his first, hey, how are you with the media, which is why Nick Friedle is kind of out there on the TV today. They're all very excited in Phoenix. But I was reading that, you know, Kevin Durant might not exactly be right back as soon as this All-Star break comes to a close. Like, March is when he might play his first game with the Suns. Well, that's what I'd have been hearing all along. So I, I didn't think that was going to be possible. But the big surprise, the bigger surprise is that Joel Embiid says... He's been, been been playing hurt for about a month, and he's not playing in the All-Star game either, which leads you to wonder, is he one of those guys who doesn't believe in being hurt until it's time to say you've been hurt? Or have the, have the 76ers been playing him because they need him desperately? Or is this a wonderful way to get out of going to Utah for an all-star game that's not going to get you any level of, like, cool interaction or business dealings. So, they're just... just What it's likely to be is the all-star game, like most all-star games, they're going begrudgingly because they that's how they get paid their bonuses. But extra begrudgingly to this one. I don't know that it's going to be that much more begrudgingly. I mean, it's, just, it's not Miami, but most places aren't Miami. In fact, they're this really is only real, about, this is aggressively not Miami. There are really only three places that they would put it that are particularly different than Salt Lake City, and that's Miami, New York, and L.A. Um, everywhere else, it's about the same. And okay. I think so for the Vegas most part, would be a good all-star town. Chicago yeah, but they're not going back. They're town. not going back to Vegas, and I don't know how good Chicago is in February, as far as that goes. They'll go back to Vegas soon. Yeah. Um, not after last time with uh, the issues that went on there that were not necessarily the NBA's problem, but we live in part a, and parcel. We live in a different world, a world where we try things again eventually. You know when they'll get an all-star games? When they get a franchise. When they probably get a team. And which, that's probably going to be three to five years minimum. Yeah, that's, but, that's coming up eventually. But until then, I think they're going to avoid it as much as they possibly can. I'm glad you want to talk just a little bit about uh, uh, the future because we got some football in the future that I think I was reading a little bit about what the NFL could look like a decade from now. And what really got me thinking about what it could all look like in about a decade from now is just going back a decade. Go back to 2013. It is like we are existing in a completely different NFL universe than we exist in now in 2023. What could 2033 look like? We're going to get into that today. As I said earlier, though, we got Tim Kirkchen coming on by to talk about how, you know, we, we got baseball season. We're officially like, what, about six weeks and change away from, well, March 30th is the league-wide, everybody goes at once on the same day for the first time in a long time opening day for baseball. Yeah, it's exactly six weeks. I like um, that. Weirdly enough, they're, they've fallen in love with starting the season on a Thursday, which I guess, yeah, I, I don't know why it makes any difference at all, but, you know, whatever day they pick is fine. And, you know, having everybody play on the same day um, is better than having six teams play on Thursday and nine teams play on Friday. It's also better than, oh, congratulations, you got the A's and Mariners opening in Tokyo in the middle of the night, and you'll find out about it the next day, and then they're going to go back to spring training to play like three games that don't count after they've officially begun their major league season, and then they're eventually going to open. Like, I hate that, I think, more than anything. Yeah, I'm not sure they're bringing that back from what I've read, is that they're 
Teams don't like going and put up a stink when they're asked to. And let's face it, ultimately, Rob Manfred works for the owners. And they didn't get the kind of financial bump from going to Japan that they thought they would. We got an awful lot to get into this afternoon, and we have, get ready for it, officially an idea or two to help the Warriors when they come on back to start their 24-game stretch. We had a very interesting conversation yesterday with Steve Kerr about all that has happened since the last time we had had Steve Kerr on. We'll get into some of that sound. I know Draymond Green is uh, you know, talking about how this defense needs to get better, and again, there is no... There is no player that can be added. There is no addition now that is going to dramatically change what the Warriors look like, how they operate, and who they are going into this postseason. What is one place to improve defensively? There is no, and everything got better level of solution out there. So just one place, one place for the Warriors to improve, and one or two players on the buyout market that could actually help them do that. We're going to get into that today. Um, as we said earlier, I, I, you know, Sports Talk Radio, 500 does nothing to inspire. It really, really doesn't. What we need is some excellence or some dreck. Well, then That's, we should be moving to Houston. Right. But where you get both. You get the World Series champion and you get the worst team in basketball. What I was also, though, going to say, though, is is I'm going to excuse the Golden State Warriors because you're allowed a dip into the regular when you have produced so many completely irregular seasons compared to who you've been historically. I mean, the Warriors are on an unbelievable run. And if they're coming off of it, it's going to be hard to yell, kick, or scream about any aspect of this ending because all good things in sports do come to an end. The only thing, though, that would accelerate a level of anger, a level of, well, the fans didn't like the way that that ended. Even the smartest fans out there who understand that when things end, they just end. That's the way sports works. Would be if it really were an effort of, like, were they trying hard enough? Were they focused enough? And it seems like one of the excuses that they have for their 29 and 29 uninspiring first leg of this season, leading them to the All-Star break, is that, and these aren't my words, this is Draymond Green. He's talking about the collective will of this basketball team. Will this basketball team generate the will necessary for them to close on what needs to be kind of an impressive pace. Like we said, unless you want to be rubbing up against opponents and NBA history in the postseason, you got to go 18-6 and six in your final 24 games to get to 44 wins on the year. 44 wins coming out of a regular season are the fewest wins ever allowed to any NBA champion. We brought this up with Steve yesterday. He didn't want to hear it. He wanted to poo-poo it, and I understand that. He doesn't care about the 1978 Washington Bullets. But one of the reasons, Ray, that the 1978 Washington Bullets were able to be an NBA champion with their only 44-win regular season total is because that's when the NBA around them was sort of, 
I don't know, dying? They were 44. The, the entire league was 44 and 38. The entire league And sucked. by the way, the entire not, league got I don't mean to interrupt, yes. but your math was wrong again. It's 15 and 9. They 15 had. and 9. Whatever. Sorry. 15 and 9. 15 well, and 9. We don't want to. No, you're right about that. We don't want to mislead people who, frankly, do math. Do math. 15 and 9 is the number. You're right about that. I actually had it written down wrong, and I cut and pasted it, and I didn't correct it manually, and I thank you very much for the in-real-time correction. You're welcome. I'll never do it again. No, what was I saying right before that? You were talking about the uh, bullets of 1978. It took an incredibly average, average NBA with a massive league-wide cocaine problem for a team with just 44 wins to emerge as a champion. I don't think the Warriors really have that on their side. So we got an awful lot to get into this afternoon. Tim Kirchin at 445 today. It's good to have you along here on Damon and Ratto. We are streaming on YouTube. You can find us right there. All of your favorite teams, your shows, your podcasts. You can find it all on the Odyssey app. Download it right now. And if you'll all do that, we'll stop asking. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Rado on 95.7 The Game. Spring training is officially underway. The NBA All-Star break is upon us officially tomorrow. Last three games of the first half, that's what you want to call it, are scheduled for tonight. And what do you know? Look who is out on the golf course. It's Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Ray, he's playing at the Genesis Invitational. They're at the Riviera down uh, Riviera. Is it Riviera? Yeah, Riviera. Riviera. Yeah, Riviera down in L.A. And uh, he's out there. I don't know where he is right now. He's not on the leaderboard I'm looking at. Um, but he he's out there and apparently playing well enough to where the gallery around him is massive. And everyone is just saying, oh, it's great to have Tiger back. And I can tell you, if you're a network executive right now going into your first weekend without the NFL, him making the cut in this. He could play lousy. Yeah, he could all play, you're praying for. He could play lousy, and the gallery would be huge because it's been a while since he played. But. Exactly, Tiger Woods. Spring is in the air. 
We got Tiger on a golf course. That's a good thing. Even an old grumpy cynic like you, Ray, would have to admit. Tiger Woods playing golf. The week we're officially without football for the first time. Like I'm not good. against it. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a that's a downright endorsement coming from you. Uh, we were talking about how the Warriors need to want it more. Not my words. Not my not, not my evaluation of the status quo. Their own Draymond Green just after their last game, was talking about how they need to have a will to play harder, especially defensively. You know, defense is all one to two steps extra. I'm going to take that extra step to get there or I'm not. And that's all will. And we don't have that as a team. You can have it as individuals. I can have that myself. No one can have that. But if you don't collectively have that, it's just like if you put a team together and it's like one guy can really get after it. Nobody else brings anything on that side of the ball. They don't even bring effort. You could put Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or anybody else out there on offense. If no one else is going to want to do the extra things, then it doesn't work. And so you have to do it collectively. And that is a huge responsibility that falls on my shoulders, and I haven't gotten us there. So he's right. He's right about an awful lot. Now, one of the things you hope to do at the trade deadline is add a person who can strengthen places where you're weak and one of the places the Warriors are at their weakest is in pick and roll defense Ray I'm not going to get too geeky here I'm not going to go too overboard in you know point per expected things or anything like that here but a guy named John Assad who's a hoops guy who I follow on Twitter says basically you know the Warriors defense is ranked 19th this year last year they were second second in the NBA so how do they get better? Can they get better everywhere all at once, everything everywhere all at once? No, that's that's really not out there for them. It's certainly not going to be there for them because Gary Payton II isn't going to be in the building anytime soon to help. And even the players that are available on the buyout market don't necessarily need. This has to be an in-house fix, Ray. Uh, John Assad writes their pick-and-roll defense is allowing 1.02 points per chance against on-ball screens, and that is the worst efficiency in the league this season. Last season, in the same scenario, they gave up just 0.91 points per chance on on-ball screens. That was the best efficiency in all the NBA. So, you can't fix everything. You don't have the equipment to fix everything. You don't have the bodies to fix everything. You don't have the talent to fix everything. And you may not have even the will, as Draymond said, to fix everything. Just fix that. Just fix the defense that you're playing on pick and rolls and on ball screens. And when we're talking about who needs to play those better, it's a really short list. It's Jordan Poole and it's Jonathan Kaminga. And Clay Thompson, if you're getting your legs back, it's you too. That's where the fix needs to start. I can't fix everything. Let's just start with one thing, one area in which to improve in the final 24 games. That's it. But if you fix that, you fix most of your other defensive problems. Aha! See, that's the thing. It's just, it, it is, un, you can't fix everything if you fix the thing that you're most glaring at on the defensive side. Offensively, it's more complicated. But defensively, if you're going to be better in pick and rolls, it's because you're engaged in being better in pick and rolls. If you're engaged in that, you're engaged in all of it. So, you know, it's... You could pick that out, or you could pick out any number of things. You know, cut down on your fouls. It's the same thing. It's using your feet to get to the place that you're not getting to now. And that's a collective thing. And the only thing 
that I disagree with on Green's assessment is that it falls on him. No, it falls on all of them. He doesn't, he's not the only one who gets caught in a pick and roll. They all do. So they all have to be better. And if he's saying, my voice doesn't carry the way it used to, well, we know part of the reason why. We sure do. Look, hopefully that is not lingering. Hopefully they're not playing pick and roll defense over a training camp punch officially now months ago. No, it's not, it's not how they're playing it. It's how they view his his attempts to tell them things. Well, It might be that the young guys have basically just shut him off. Even if you didn't like him, you know that if he's giving you some defensive advice, it's probably the one thing you can still trust him to have a good amount of. You know, here's the thing. You, you might not like the messenger anymore, but you still got to respect the message. Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga. In improving, hopefully getting better legs and a base of strength to operate from underneath him, Clay Thompson. And then Gary Payton II is literally the guy who can help fix this. How quickly can he get back to help you fix this? Uh, transition defense. We know it's a problem. Closing out on shooters. We know it's a problem. Letting guys get away with murder in the mid-range. It's been a problem. Can't fix all your problems. Don't have the talent to do it. Don't have maybe the will to do it. Just start with the pick and rolls. Play those harder and see where that gets you. Like I said, offensively, they're pretty darn good. Take three threes a night from Andrew Wiggins and go to the rim. I know that that doesn't fix every single offensive possession, but I think that that fixed threes of them. And then the butterfly effect of what might happen should Andrew Wiggins start going to the rim. These are good things. Good basketball begets good basketball in other areas. So just start in one place. Steve Kerr, again, he might not have liked an awful lot of that interview, but I think he liked wrapping up with this when we asked straight up again, Steve, do you have a champion in front of you? Do you really believe? I do. I do feel strongly about that. I really don't care about the Washington Bullets of 1978. I'm pretty sure that doesn't apply right now. So the only thing that we're worried about is you know getting ready for these last 24 games and trying to get guys healthy and you know if we can put ourselves in a position where where we are healthy you know with Steph and Gary coming back I like what I'm seeing I like what the way Clay's playing I like the way Wiggs has played last few games Dante's had an amazing second half of the season so we got we got guys playing well we just got to put it all together and I really believe that we can do that the sum it's not the total of its individual parts right now. No, it's exactly the total of it. I mean, it's it should be more. I mean, the Warriors have always been a team that is better than the sum of its parts. Right now, they are, in fact, the sum of its parts, which is why you're 29 and 29. Pat in Foster City. Thanks for the call, Pat. What do you got? Yeah, thanks, thanks for taking the call. You got it. I you know, I, I love listening to you guys. The only thing gets frustrating is that you're right almost all the time, and I like to argue, so I, I get frustrated. But uh, I, regarding the Warriors, you know, you were talking about sort of the, the will to win, right? Yeah. And, you know, to me, you know, I, I think it's kind of like the will to win is a little bit like, uh, it's like Ben Gay. You only get so much to start the season. You can use it up in a week or two weeks or three months or however, but you only got so much, and I think when the Warriors were young, they didn't need the Bengay too much. Uh, so they had plenty left in the tank. But now they're a little older, 
there's an inclination to want to use it all up in two or three months, and I think they're trying to spread it out so they have a little more. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of a way to look at it. I mean, the, the way that I sort of see it is the regular season for these established veterans is no longer a proving ground for them. The only thing that can possibly prove whether the Warriors had a good season or not is playoff performance. And they can't worry about a playoff performance until they're in the playoffs. So I think they're they're a little uninspired. I mean, uninspired seems to be the damn theme here, Ray. Uninspired to play defense, uninspired with their own record, an uninspiring record, uninspiring performances, an uninspiring collective. It feels like they're in a little bit of a malaise. Defense, though, is a team-wide concept. And I don't think it's that they're uninspired as much as it is they don't have as many good defenders as they used to have. There are guys who are still elite defenders on that team. But there are also guys who are not very good. And in the past, the Warriors didn't have to play those guys because they had enough guys who would defend and those minutes went to them. They don't have that anymore. And they certainly don't have it in the same level of abundance. And as long as that's the case, then they're going to look uninspired. I don't think it's that they don't understand what needs to be done. It's that not enough of their guys do it all the time. And defense is an all-the-time thing. I mean, they, you know, they get they gave up 106 last year per game. This year it's 118. It's kind of a big difference. It's a it's a massive difference. It's, it's the reason why they're it's more than a normal inflation uptick. It's the reason why they are 16 games behind their record of a year ago at this time. It's and they, and you can point to, you know, pick and roll defense. You can point to transition defense. It's all the same thing. If you're engaged in one, you become engaged in all of it. Unless you're so terrible at the one you're engaged in that you're just a terrible defensive team. And I don't think anybody's willing or ready to go there because I don't think they're a terrible defensive team when they want to play defense collectively. When they want to. When they want to. If the whole problem here is is they collectively don't want to until they deem the season as, all right, this is the part that matters. And I don't know if they've reached that part in the year. Again, they have used to have a... The opportunity, or the luxury, I guess we should call it, to pick and choose when they wanted to do it. That luxury is no longer theirs. No, I think they I think they didn't have the luxury to pick and choose because it was a matter of pride for them. It's not a matter of pride for everybody on the roster. Some guys, I believe, play defense just because you have to do that to be able to get the ball back. That they think offense first and if they lay off on a defensive possession, eh, we'll be getting the ball back. That's 70% of Planet Basketball, though. Let's be Yeah, honest. but not this part of Planet Basketball. That's the whole point. The Warriors, for all their offensive acumen, built this thing based on the fact that they were willing to be an excellent defensive team, too. You put those things together, you end up winning 67 games, then 73 games, then 67 games. You end up having a, a postseason where you go 16-1. and one. That's the difference. I mean, they're still scoring fine. But defensively, they're way too hit and miss as a group. And it's because some guys aren't locked into that night in and night out. And until that changes, I think they are going to be an inconsistent defensive team. 888-957-9570. Joe in Walnut Creek. You're on 95.7 The Game, Joe. 
Hi, thanks for taking the call. I uh, I think that the trade has the potential to be one of the worst trades in NBA history. The Warriors have multiple problems, two of which were size and an aging team. They managed to take a young seven-footer and trade him for an older player. So in one full scoop, they got older and shorter. And I can only attribute this to front office chaos. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. wait, 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 Joe, Joe, I, I appreciate it. But, you know, here's the thing. You could say that they got shorter, but you can't really go, you, you can't get shorter than zero inches. James Wiseman was essentially zero inches of basketball player for them every night because he was unplayable. In their system, as they seed it, as they as they seed it, as they saw it, <laughs> saw it, as they saw it at all, uh, they determined he was no longer capable of stepping on the court in their uniform for them. They deem Gary Payton II capable of doing that. Unfortunately, medically, he is incapable of doing that right now, which is the sting of all this. But you're right. Look, there's no way to pretend that this went right. That this was smooth. That this was what they wanted. It's not. It's not. But it is the situation. And the element of cutting some money from a bottom line absolutely was a part of it. And I don't think you can even begrudge them that, really. Um, you know, if it turns into, well, Bob Myers didn't come back and that was over money, then then we might have a something about money situation to talk about. I don't think this is the starting point of that. I really don't. I also don't think they're a chaotic front office. I don't think, no, chaos they is They might not be the right at way. some point, if Myers walks, right. you might have a chaotic front office. That's certainly possible. Well, because it's over as, next is the question. Well, that's the first question. And what kind of general manager would he be? I mean, you know, the Warriors culture is not impervious to outside pressures that become inside pressures. The fact is, the Warriors took a gamble on a guy who fit what they needed physically, but not in the ways that they hoped he would. They thought he was more malleable than he was. And because he wasn't, they had a choice to make, and Frank, the clock was ticking. It just if you keep him, you know, that's that's a nine figure that's a nine figure decision. And if you can't figure out a way to play him now, are you gonna figure out a way to play him next year? I I don't really know if it's fair to criticize the actual drafting of James Wiseman. But it is, I think, fair to then talk about and criticize the development or lack thereof of James Wiseman. But not laying it all on the mantle of the Warriors, because I also think that this is a James Wiseman problem. No, it's 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 all connected. It's never yeah, it's never one or the other. I mean, it just they. I don't think there was anything in it for them not to play him out of spite. I think they didn't play him because they needed their center to do different things than Wiseman could do at this point, and it didn't help that he missed more games than he played, and it didn't help that. You know that the the one year he got a bunch of run was on a bad team where if there were bad habits to learn that would be the team to learn them on. Um, but at some point, you have to make a decision about can we go forward with this guy given the fact that we're living in the right now. 
which is, can we win again? And if he can't help you, then there's almost no point in having him. And I think that's that was the choice they made, given the fact that the exigent circumstances of the tax bill was was laying on them. I mean, this is not a team that is going to spend through the eyes on every player they want ever again. They they've they've handed out they've handed out tax money year after year, and it's pretty clear that Joe Lake said enough's enough because. Letting Gary Payton go was a tax decision in part. So this is part of the this is part of their new reality. Is that yeah, you spent for Kevin Durant, yeah, you spent for Andrew Wiggins, but now you have decisions to make that have money, if not at the heart of it, but damn close to it. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven oh Cade in San Francisco. Hello, Cade. Hello, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. You got it. One of the one of the things that I would like to point out is the perimeter difference in particular, because the number of times we have given them four point plays in every last game has cost us. So perimeter defense is is one of the biggest things that we need to show up on. Uh, all the other teams are also increasing their three-point strength, which means we have to make our perimeter strength even more better. And and I think if we do that, we'll keep other teams between 114 and 117, which is what we like to keep them defensively for us to win the game. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Again, this is another reason why I think they looked at James Wiseman and said, don't need it, because he could not pop out and defend that perimeter. It wasn't what he He was not good playing in space. He wasn't even necessarily good playing down low. Gary Payton is a guy that they absolutely believe can help defend them, help them defend the perimeter. That's kind of what he does, even though he's a little short for, a, you know, a, a, a typical 3 and D guy. Yeah, well, they didn't want Wiseman to play on the perimeter. That well, was the point. They, well, they wanted, wanted him to they, play they, defensively, I'm talking They about. wanted to be able to switch everything. Yeah, they wanted to be able to switch everything, but if you remember, all their other big guys, Bogut, McGee, most notably, they didn't they didn't stray far from the basket. They wanted them to be there for rebounds and shot changing. It wasn't about being out at eighteen feet switching, you know, on a on a three and three and D guy. They they wanted them down low so that if they got if there was penetration, they could deter it. Well, that was certain players, though, because when you got Draymond at the five, when you got Looney at the five, you will see them on yeah, switches. But you won't the see perimeter. the seven foot guy. You won't see the relatively immobile seven foot guy doing that. That's well, what I think that's, that's what, what Wiseman off about Wiseman because he was supposed yeah. to be more than relatively immobile. Yeah, but they but his principal job for them was going to be the play as Bogut did, as McGee did, as the guy who stays down low and says, "I'm not going to let you." drive the lane without having to pay a price for it. Either you change your shot or you get fouled or you get bumped off the ball or you're forced to pass it. And so it really wasn't about his perimeter game that they couldn't get him to to locate on. It was the fact that in the in the area that they needed him the most, he couldn't guarantee Well, they couldn't I mean they, yeah, I mean he couldn't they they couldn't run a you know a 3-2 zone defense with the guy and just have what you'd think like Draymond on one block and Wiseman on the other. Like that'd be pretty good. Like one guy's the free safety, the other's the strong safety and the two of them are a really good backline defense and kind of complementary. Nope, didn't happen. 
Yeah, and because because Green doesn't always stay down low, but you know ventures out to be the perimeter defender, they needed somebody who they could rely on to be down low, doing the things that Bogut did, that McGee did, you know, that their biggest guys did, and that's where the disconnect I believe was. Jim Redwood City, hello, Jim. Hey there, Ray. Uh, can you hear me? We could. Hello. We got you, Jim. Are you good? Okay, great. I just wanted to put in my two cents on the Kevin Love debate. Uh, Kevin Love has... We, 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 we weren't having a Kevin Love debate. Just going to throw that out Was there. That the earlier show? <laughs> <laughs> it is an earlier show. Okay. It is an earlier show. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Kevin Love has been getting dogged about the fact that he's too old and that he's uh, not a good defender. And... Uh, Frankly, he's 34, which is uh, two years older than the man he might be taking minutes from, which is Jermichael Green. So you can you can throw that argument out the window. Also, uh, if we got rid of all the guys over 34 on the Warriors, we wouldn't have a core. Secondly, I, as far as I know, rebounding is defense. And uh, we know enough about Kevin Love to know that he can set picks, he can rip down rebounds, and he can pass which uh, some of these other forwards cannot do. So when you make the comparison between Love and who we've got, which is essentially Lamb and Green, Jermichael Green, uh, I'd say give me, give me Kevin Love. I'll tell you this right now, Jim. We weren't having a Kevin Love debate, but I believe that you just officially put one on the table, and we're going to come on back and we're going to talk about it. Uh, it. It is an interesting choice, an interesting player, and there might be one or two other names on the buyout market that the Warriors should consider. We will consider them next. We'll consider more phone calls. And we consider about an hour from now a great opportunity to say hello to Tim Kirkjian, who will be joining us as we talk a little baseball, some new rules in baseball. we got some uh, future of football to predict that's coming up on the future of this show. So don't you go anywhere. It's Damon and Ratto. It's great to have you along today. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It's great to have you here today, and the Warriors Community Foundation is excited to announce that their February auction presented by Cash Creek Casino Resort is live and open right now. You can go check it out, warriors.com slash auction. It is open through Sunday, February 19th. A wide variety of items up for auction, including signed jerseys, tickets to upcoming games and events at Chase Center, even a chance to meet some of your favorite athletes in person. Don't miss out. An exciting opportunity give back and score some cool memorabilia all at the same time. Visit warriors.com slash auctions. It is good having you here. We're an hour away from our first official baseball conversation of spring. Tim Kirkjian's going to join us at 445 today. And one of the things we'll have to uh, uh, ask Tim about is the passing ray of Tim McCarver, who has passed away I believe earlier this morning, an iconic 
uh, figure in baseball in, in my life. I mean, he was a huge part of an awful lot of big broadcasts when I was growing up. And he obviously was uh, in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. He had a two-decade-plus-long career as a player. He was... You know, uh, in 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 more Bob Gibson stories than Bob Gibson probably wanted him in, and he he was a titan of a baseball figure. Unfortunately, he criticized Deion Sanders so much once for choosing to play both sports instead of just focusing on baseball. Because you know, if if you weren't if you weren't in Tim McCarver agreement that baseball was the greatest thing ever invented, you might as well have been the enemy to Tim McCarver. And when Deion finally what it was i think they when they won the world series he went over to tim mccarver and put about four gatorade buckets of water on mccarver and mccarver never had an opportunity to be viewed as viewed as that guy's cool again by an entire generation of sports fans it really hurt mccarver's career it it hurt it some but you know by then he was also at a point where you know, he was going to say what he was going to say. Right. He didn't care about being cool at yeah. all. And, you know, I mean, I think overall, you know, Dion comes off looking worse than McCarver did there. He did. If he'd, done, if he'd done it once, okay, fine, point made. But he came back three more times, which made him look petulant. It did. But beyond that, McCarver was a part of baseball for half a century. I mean, from the time he started with the Cardinals till the time he stopped doing Fox games. And really, 60 years, if you include the seven years in which he was doing Cardinals games back in St. Louis after he, he left Fox in 2013. And the only reason why he stopped doing that is because his doctor told him, you know, with his COVID going around, you shouldn't be traveling around. You should you know, back off. And he didn't. He never really went back once it was cleared. I remember Tim McCarver had a syndicated Saturday, Sunday morning talk show when he would have a whole bunch of, you know, old heads from baseball. But he would have some some other figures like the world of entertainment would stop on by for really weird Tim McCarver interviews, which he was. Here's the thing. You know what Tim McCarver really was? He, he, he was two things. He was a baseball lifer who knew every single element of the game because he was a catcher and catchers are usually the smartest guys on the field and he was a, an incredibly smart guy he was well read well spoken Tim McCarver could go on a diatribe about something or he could explain it in 30 seconds he was good he was he was really good I learned a lot of baseball from Tim McCarver he, he also had a gift for listening that is excuse me that's a very clever of you no, but he, because back when he was doing those Fox games, uh, the play-by-play guy did a lot more talking than he does now. And the analyst did a lot less talking. So he was used to listening to the play-by-play, uh, Jack Buck, as often yeah. as not. And so because of that, he learned how to let the other person do the heavy lifting. So he would ask a question in that show of his... And he would let the answer run a while because, you know, he knew that ultimately the show had his name on it, but it wasn't really his show. It was the guest show. And you don't see that much anymore. It's if it's my show, I do the talking. I mean, try to get try to get a word in edgewise on Stephen A. Smith.
Oh, forget it. Or Skip Bayless or any of those. See, this was the genius of Jack Benny. Uh, look him up, kids. I'm going way off the uh, cultural relevancy scale right here. Jack Benny was this old radio, uh, television icon. And this was back when, you know, there were four shows across two channels on television. And Jack Benny had the most popular television show in America. And he would always give the best lines on the show to the guest. Always. Someone said, Jack, how come you are just the world's most quintessential straight man? How come you never tell any jokes on your own show and you let the guests tell all the jokes? He said, because tomorrow when everyone goes to work, no one brings up who said what. They just say, boy, the Jack Benny show sure was funny last night. Yeah, Bob Newhart did that too. Bob Newhart. Look him up, kids. Yeah, yeah, well, there aren't really many comedy duos anymore. So there aren't straight men. Well, there's us. Well, <laughs> no, but that, but back then you would be partnered up with somebody, and one of them had to be the lead, and one of them had to be the straight guy, and the straight guy was usually off, you know, off stage was usually the smarter one and the funnier one because it's harder to be a straight guy than it is the guy who gets the laughs. I were mean, you, were you a Smothers Brothers guy? I I watched it some. Um, yeah, uh, Tommy Smothers was the funny one, um, but Dick Smothers was... The genius. Not the genius. I think Tommy Smothers was smarter, but they inverted the formula because Tommy Smothers was the funnier one on stage. And he could yo-yo. And he could yo-yo. That, uh, was, that was the other thing. Jack uh, Benny never yo-yoed. No, no yo-yoing on the Jack Benny show. So there you go. There is uh, everything you need to know about... Late fifties and early sixties television. Uh, I'm glad that, that you can, really wanted to know. I'm glad that we can work so much contemporary culture into today's show. Let's talk about the NBA buyout market before we keep on taking calls here. And by the way, we are six weeks away from the opening day and less than an hour away from Tim Kirkchen, which I guess was the point about Tim McCarver. Um, buyout market. We were just talking to a caller, Ray, who brought up Kevin Love. They were talking about Kevin Love, I believe, earlier on a show today. I know the morning show was talking about Kevin Love. Serge Ibaka is another name that is coming up on the buyout market. And again, Kevin Love needs to be bought out, right? I don't even know if that's officially happened, but it's probably it has not going yet to. officially happened, but they're negotiating now. So do you have to hide Kevin Love on defense? And shouldn't any single deal that the Warriors make be a defensive-focused deal at this particular time? Kind of. And kinda. I'll only say that because to me, Kevin Love is a little intriguing. He is a stretch four. He is eight points. He's seven rebounds a night right now. He's appeared in 41 games in the first half for the Cleveland Cavaliers, which means he's got an ability that the Warriors must really be impressed by. Availability. He is out there. He dresses. He plays. He's a consistent you do have to hide him occasionally, defensively. We all know that. But he's a rebound. This team could use help rebounding. He's a good free throw shooter. This team could use someone to get to the line and shoot some free throws. And I think Kevin Love is a guy who would come in here as a smart IQ guy and get it. I'm a lot more interested in Kevin Love than I would be in, say, Serge Ibaka. 
who is the other name out there, and we'll talk about him in a second. What do you think of Kevin Love? Uh, that he won't come here because Miami already is waiting. They have more money to offer. And according to Ira Winderman of the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel, who's covered the heat forever, they can offer him starters minutes. And between more money and being, being able to start, that seems like an easy choice for him. So, first of all, if you want to win, I guess it's hard to make a come-to-the-Warriors argument right now. Well, it's not but, that easy to but, make a... But, but, but do you think Kevin Love, even necessarily at this point in his career, wants starter minutes? More money, sure. Starter minutes might be a workload he might not even really be interested in at this point in time in his long-in-the-tooth career. So I don't know if that's the motivator, but if you got more money and you got an easier path to success just waiting in Miami... That could be tough to pass up. Yeah, I mean, Miami's going to make the playoffs because they're going to win their division. So that that's sort of off the table. Um, secondly, uh, it's hard to imagine that Kevin Love at 34 wouldn't want to start again. And the more money thing, well, that's just math. So I, I think while he would be intriguing in the abstract, I think there are teams that can offer more in the, in the concrete. And... Frankly, that's the problem the Warriors have in general because I don't know that Gary Payton would have been the first choice for them in the trade market anyway. I think they probably had their eyes on other guys. And it fell to them to get Payton because by happenstance, he was unhappy in Portland and wanted to come back. And the Warriors were having a dickens of a time getting other teams interested in James Wiseman, and they didn't want anything that the Pistons had for a straight-up deal. What do you think of Serge Ibaka, then? I think he's kind of washed. I do, too. He's 4-3. and three. He's only appeared in 16 games. He, he, look, we all know that he's an intelligent backline defender, but how much can he even move at this point? And if he had real value, why would Milwaukee be walking away? Milwaukee's good. And when you're a good team... A guy who can give you 8 to 12 very good defensive minutes becomes very important. So why would they walk away from an important role player if he had an important role to play? I don't know if Ibaka is the right move. Kevin Love, as you said, if Miami is preordained, that's going to be tough to compete with. I've also heard that his affinity for LeBron James, if he were to come to the West Coast, might pull him to L.A. on a buyout market. So... There you go. By the way, welcome, boys and girls, one and all, to your 4 o'clock hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.